You're listening to Fundraising Radio, a podcast about fundraising for early stage startups. The major rule that we follow here is no bullshit on this podcast. No music to relax you, no advertisements of our sponsors. We only talk about fundraising here and nothing else. So let's jump into the episode. Today's a guest speaker. We have Sarah Lanners, Venture Capital Senior Associate at Bull City Venture Partners. And this call will mainly talk about your first interaction with the investors, specifically during the coronavirus. It's going to be the call. So we're going to talk about how to not butcher your first call with an investor. So Sarah, let's kick off by you giving us some background on yourself and on Bull City Venture Partners. Sure. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on your show. Um, I grew up in rural Iowa, studied economics at Dartmouth, where I was also on the track team. Um, I got my MBA at the University of Chicago booth and went into investment banking. So I was doing debt and equity financing, um, IPOs and mergers and acquisitions. Um, One of the deals that I worked on was a founder-led sale of a company. So it was the first time that I had been involved in a sale where the founder was still pretty involved with their company. And because of that, I started looking at venture capital investing. Um, and that led me to where I'm at today. Nice. So let's talk more about Bullsey Venture Partners. What is that? Sure. Uh, so Bull City Venture Partners is an early stage founder focused investor. And what I really like about our firm is the team is um, led by Jason Kaplan and David Jones. And I love how the team works really hard for our founders. So that means that we will bring new customers. We'll bring in co-investors when there's um, a later round. We'll help recruit talent to the company. Um, And I really like the hustle. Right. Yeah, that's the major fun part of the startup world. But actually here, I wanted to get back to what you said earlier, which is you were part of founder-led company sale. What does that mean? What does it mean that's part of founder-led? Yeah. So that means that the company was still being run by the founder um, or the founder was very involved in the company versus, you know, doing a sale of a company that, you know, had maybe been led by, you know, a CEO that was brought on or the founder was mm-hmm. involved or had already sold the company. So, oh, yeah. So in that case, the founder was still pretty involved and this was a really big transaction for the founder. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. That's really interesting. And I believe that I already have scheduled an interview with someone who's going to go in depth into private equities fields, specifically acquisitions. So yeah. we'll not focus in this episode on this, uh, but okay, no people, if you're listening to this, keep listening somewhere in the week. I have no idea when exactly, but somewhere in the week that episode is coming out. So <laughs> let's move on here. I want to talk just a little bit more about Bull C Venture Partners. Uh, what does it generally invest in and what stage does it invest in? Yeah. So we invest in U.S. companies with a focus on the Mid-Atlantic and Southeast. Um, We invest in software, internet, mobile, and technology companies. And then we'll make seed and Series A investments. So our check size on average um, will range from $500,000 to $3 million. I'm just quickly Googling where is Mid-Atlantic because I have no idea, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are, you so still, 
I'm curious. Uh, it it really doesn't matter. It's as long as it's in the US, it doesn't really matter where exactly is that. But I'm more curious. During the coronavirus, are you still mm-hmm. focusing on those same regions, or did you go nationwide, basically? Yeah, we are going nationwide, and we did just make an investment in a West Coast company. Um, the reason hey. why, yeah, <laughs> the reason why we focus on the Mid Atlantic and Southeast, which is, I think, um, DC, Philly, down to Atlanta. Um, it's just because that's our backyard and we tend to see a lot more deals in our neighborhood. Um, so that's why that's kind of a sweet spot for us, but um, we can invest anywhere in the U.S. Nice, nice. That's that's reasonable. I'll make sure that you get more deals from West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, but let's move on to speaking about your specific role as a VC Senior Associate at Bullsey sure. Venture Partners. What do you do there? Yeah, so because we are a smaller team, um, I get to work on a lot of stuff. Um, so on the investing side, I will help screen uh, pitches. Pitches will come into me through my LinkedIn or um, directly into my email, or it could be referred to me from um, an incubator or an accelerator. Um, and then I'll lead pitch calls. Um, early on when I started, we um, were putting together the the legal docs for our fund four, which we're fundraising. Um, and so I was I was reviewing legal docs um, early on. And then I'm also involved in marketing and networking as much as I can. Although, as you know, it's a little bit harder mm-hmm. um, with everything being online. Um, I'll do industry research, work on our pitch deck, um, help with fundraising. And right now, uh, working on quarterly reporting for our investors. Nice, nice. That sounds like tons of stuff is on your plate. So you know, thanks for taking your time, by the way, to, to do this podcast. And I yeah. want to talk about networking because slightly, I mean, mm-hmm. we're slowly going into our major topic for discussion today, which is first interaction with the investor. How would you recommend mm-hmm. founders to network? Because for me personally, you know, I've met my first uh, investor friends uh, at some completely random events. Uh, yeah. What's your advice to people right now who can't, you know, just go out uh, to a bar that, that's, you know, happy hour for some company or something like that and network? What's your advice to them? Yeah, I think beyond doing a basic web search, um, I would recommend looking at companies that are in a similar space um, to yours and see who their early investors are because they will be familiar with your space. Um, and as an added bonus, they might be able to connect you with new customers um, or mentors. So that might be one option. Um, when you do speak to a VC and you know maybe you're not fit for them because you're not the right sector or you're too early or too late, um, ask them what other VCs they would recommend you reach out to. Uh, because I found that the VC community is pretty small and they communicate a lot. Um, we've gotten pitches from other VC firms that um, didn't fit their thesis, but it fits ours. And then I've also sent um, some pitches that I've taken to other VC firms that might be a better pitch, or sorry, might be a better um, VC for that founder. Um, I would recommend reaching out to um, a local ecosystem or investor community. Mm-hmm. That might be a way um, to network as well. So when you're saying that you should, that's, by the way, great advice in terms of, you know, looking at your competitors, seeing who invested in them. And when you say that you should reach out to those investors, do you mean just like on LinkedIn slash uh, 
slash email or yep. is there a better way to do that? Yep, either. Um, I would say if you have a common connection on LinkedIn, you might be able to um, use that or I get um, emails, emails and LinkedIn messages from people I've never met before. That's not out of the ordinary. Um, and I think it's much more common um, in today's more virtual world where you can't mm-hmm. uh, can't really meet face to face at these networking events. Right, right. That's true. That's completely true. Um, So let's move on to actually, you know, sourcing your first investors. Very beginning of the process, you know, how do you find those first investors that are right for you? So one option is definitely looking at your competitors. Is there something else that you can use to find those, you know, investors who might be helpful for you? Um, I think that would be the most targeted approach. Um, Also, maybe if there's somebody local to your area or um yeah it's a tough one i I think there are (laughs) databases out there but that might be less strategic but it might Mm -hmm. it might put names on your radar um right right there is actually one database that i know is kind of okay i cannot guarantee that it's really working um I really mm-hmm. tested it out myself, but it's called Founder Suit. I actually had an interview with the founder of that platform, so you can check it out. Oh, just neat. search oh, Founder Suit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, probably looking at your competitors and going through their investor list is the best option. So follow that. Um, and here we're ta- moving on to making to doing the homework on the investors. So before reaching mm-hmm. out, you have to search what does the investor like to invest in. Maybe they've participated on the podcast. Maybe they wrote some articles because you know if you refer like, hey, I saw your article and I really wanted to get in touch with you, it's much more likely that they will respond rather than if you say like, hey, there is an investment opportunity. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what's your recommendation in terms of you know how long should the founders spend uh, on actual researching the investor? I don't think that you need to do a ton of research. I think if you looked at looked at the website, looked at LinkedIn, um, you might be able to find some icebreakers in there, uh, maybe a common connection. Or I'll have I've had a couple of people say, "Oh, I saw you ran track." Um, you know, I used to do that in high school, or and you know, this was the event I did. Um, so it just kind of helps break the ice. Um, but I would I would encourage founders when they're meeting VCs to have the VC um, pitch to them as well. Um, it's really common for um, a founder to ask us to tell us about um, to tell them about us. Right, that is common, but don't be too pushy. You know, don't like say sell yourself to us. That's just rude. Uh, we will get <laughs> to that a little bit later on. So um, sure. for now. Actually, no, never mind. Let's just jump straight into this. How to not butcher your first call. So let's say you've reached out to them on the email. Uh, you got that first you know, introduction going. You sent them your pitch deck. They're kind of interested and want to jump on to the first call. What's What are the major mistakes that you see founders making during those first calls? Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say, you know, be on time. Be prepared with your pitch deck and a demo if that's applicable to your business. Um, know that we're human too, and it's okay if you don't have the answer to something. Um, you know, and that's that's a really great reason to follow up with us in an email. Mm-hmm. But I haven't I haven't seen anything, you know, terrible happen. Nothing terrible. So no. if I'm going to ask you a question, what was your first, what's the worst speech you've ever seen in your life? Will you be able to answer that question? 
without naming any any name specifically? Um, I would say there was one pitch that stood out to me um, because it felt like the team wasn't prepared. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe if they had done a couple more practice rounds, that would have been better. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's not a deal breaker. I will say I had bunch of horrible pitches that I've seen maybe I'm just I'm just working at a lower level so like we're working mostly with pre pre-seed slash pre-seed stage companies so they're mm -hmm. much less experienced uh so I could share plenty of you after the call but for now <laughs> let's let's talk about maybe the best pitch you've ever seen maybe something that really stood out to you you know like a year later you're like oh yeah I remember that founder that pitch was awesome it just blew me out oh do you remember something like that yeah I would say the best are when you know, you've got a full team presenting to you. They can very clearly articulate what their product is and they can give you a demonstration. So, mm -hmm. um, and it's just very clear and they understand their market. They understand, um, you know, just a lot about where they're going and that really impresses us. Right, yeah, being able to show something that's really cool and being able to show it in an organic way is even cooler. Um, so, you know, by the end of the call, you already have showed them the demo, you know, you explained the problem that you're solving. They're kind of happy, but you still have to close it with some call to action. Sometimes yeah. it's the investor who says, like, you know what, we're going to follow up. We're going to I'm going to send to my team uh, for you know, some basic due diligence and then we'll follow up with you in a week. But mm -hmm. sometimes investors don't really say anything. Uh, what should be the call to action from the founder's standpoint here? Yeah, I think an easy follow up would just be to send a thank you email. Um, get back to us with any unanswered questions, any follow ups that came up um, as a result of the call and remind us of any follow ups that we might. Oh, you, um, you know, if you're not getting a response, it might just be because the VC is really busy. Um, and you know, if it, it doesn't seem like a right fit at the right time, you can a few months down the road, email them again and just say, Hey, you know, here's some milestones that we've just hit. Um, and that will get you back in front of them. Mm -hmm. Right. That's actually great advice. And that's my personal recommendation. You know, have at least two people on the call with an investor. One of them should be pitching and, you know, actively talking to the investor while the other one is making the notes, you know, writing down what the investor is asking you so that you can later on improve your um, answers to those questions because generally investors ask similar questions. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's good advice. I always give good advice. I know that. Thank you. <laughs> You're uh, but let's let's talk about more of a current situation. So right now it's coronavirus. Everyone is online. Everyone is doing those mm -hmm. calls. Uh, do you have some major takeaway that you see going on? So is there some major advice that you could give to founders trying to raise money right now? Yeah, I would say the good news is that there's still money out there and people are still investing. Um, I would also say continue just doing a great job of growing your business. Um, reach out to VCs that seem like a good fit for your company and set up a pitch over a video call. There's also a bunch of virtual pitch days and demo days. And if you can try to get into one of those, I, my sense is that a lot of VCs are tuning in. So you'll have a really good audience. And one thing that has impressed me is when founders reach out to me before the pitch day. 
I think somehow they get a list of the investors that are going to be yep. joining. They do. And yeah, they'll they'll just send me a, a quick note um, and just tell me, you know, a little headline about their company. Tell me what time they're presenting. And, you know, that really impressed me. That really does help. That's a really nice strategy that takes you like extra five, maybe 10 minutes. But it does work. You know, investors already know you. Uh, mm -hmm. They already kind of, they're like, if they're somewhat interested, they will be really looking forward to that specific page. So nice yeah. strategy there. Definitely follow that advice. And here we're moving on. I forgot to ask you one question uh, yeah. that I ask basically every investor in my podcast. What are the major, the three must have points on the pitch deck? that you just have to see? Mm -hmm. um, I think if the pitch deck clearly articulates what the product is, that's really helpful. Um, it's helpful to know the backgrounds of the founding team and how it's relevant to what they're doing today. Um, and then I always like to hear how you know, what they've created is solving a problem that they faced um, or how it's it's personal to them. That that helps me make a connection too. Right. AKA, you have to tell a story because especially in the early stages, the story is the most appealing. You know, if there is some mm -hmm. epic background of yours that just makes you a perfect founder product fits, then it, the, the chances are much higher that they're going to buy that. Um, mm -hmm. But here we're moving on to your call to action. So now it's your time to give our listeners a call to action. What's that one specific thing that you would like them to do as soon as the episode is over? Yeah, if your company fits into our investment thesis, we'd love to connect. Um, you can email me directly at sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at bcvp.com. Um, it's also on our website, um, bcvp.com. Nice. And for those of us who have a really bad memory, like myself, can you please <laughs> remind what are your investment criteria? Yes. So we are seed and series A investors, um, US-based companies in software, internet, mobile, and technology. And you can see some of the companies that we've already invested in um, on our website. Sounds good. And my call to action is go to the description of this episode. I'll leave, first of all, I'll leave the link to Bullsey Venture Bar so that you can review that. I'll leave a link to Sarah's email so that you can just copy paste it and email her easily. And also I'll leave a few links to a couple of uh, events that Fundraising Radio and Make It Studio are running together, mm -hmm. mainly for students, but it's going to be a good fit for anyone who is curious to see how they can take their ideas off the ground and turn them into real fundable companies. So definitely take a look at the description of this episode. And there will be plenty of good stuff there. <laughs>